Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent on everything to do with love, sexuality, identity and more. This week we have another listener special. As of Monday last week, people in England can now meet up with one person outside of their household, so long as they abide by social distancing rules. This means that people can actually go on dates now. Uh, So it's probably not exactly the kind of dating we're used to, given that you uh, won't be able to go within two metres of one another, and every single traditional date spot uh, is closed, like pubs and restaurants. But people have been getting pretty creative uh, and still finding ways to date. So to give you a taster of how people are actually doing it, I've spoken to four different women who've been on social distancing dates in the last week. Some were uh, more successful than others. We hear from one woman whose dates involved a cemetery and a rogue we. Yes, I said rogue we. And another who wound up spending seven hours with her date. So we can assume that one went pretty well. Uh, for this episode, I was also thrilled to be joined by relationships expert and therapist Sally Faker who offered some useful insights into the mysterious art of social distancing dating and how we can actually do it well. Enjoy the show. Okay, so first up, we've got Lucy. Uh, So Lucy, you went on a social distancing date earlier this week. Uh, Where did you guys go? We met on the bridge by Crave Brewery and then cycled to the Hackney Marshes and just like sat down on the grass um, in like the playing fields, um, like like at, at a distance. And did you guys have food or drinks with you or did you just sit there, just the two of you? Yeah, we did. We brought beers. We, yeah, I, we both did. <laughs> As in not to like pass each other drinks, so we brought our own. Yeah, that, that is clever. That seems like the way to do it. And how did you guys meet originally? Did you meet on a dating app? Yeah, it was on Hinge, mm-hmm. um, like two weeks ago, and then we were chatting, and then on WhatsApp, and then just the weather was really good, and we just said, "Do you want to go for a cycle and meet up and have a chat?" Mm. And how did it go? Was it did it go well? Did you guys get on? Um, like thinking back now, he did something that kind of um made me feel a bit uncomfortable and like on retro a bit upset and like there's a pandemic happening and you shouldn't have done that oh really why what did he say um no the chat was all fine but then he like tried to like um be a bit tactile and like right um, like kind of a cheesy move he like leant in and like looked at my necklace and was like oh like what's this and was trying to interact with me in that way but I started to laugh because I was quite nervous and really uncomfortable and I didn't know what to take the laughing as um like misinterpreting the laughter yeah right uncomfortable because he was he was breaking the guidelines by coming closer to you yeah and I was like I started laughing and kind of like scooched back in the grass and I was like 
We're meant to be social distancing. Oh, it's so awkward, isn't it? Because what do you say in that moment? It's like, well, we're breaking the law if you come closer to me. But also, surely when you're on a date, it's so I, instinctive. I think he thought he was being very, like, suave. <laughs> um, was he taken aback when you kind of backed away, do you think? Well, maybe he thought I was being coy and maybe being, like... I don't know, be a bit demure, but I wasn't, my laughter was, I'm uncomfortable and I want to scooch backwards. Did he try to kiss you at any point? Yeah. Oh God. And that again, on the cycle home, I was like, did that just happen? Like, no. Um, Again, he kind of like lent in again and I just like scooched back again and started laughing nervously and was like, um, like, we can't kiss. Like in my head, I was like, I wouldn't kiss you anyway, but... (laughs) Um, the whole like my excuse was the pandemic like there's corona and so before you guys actually met had you spoken on FaceTime or on Zoom had you had any sort of face-to-face interaction virtually um no just just spoke on Hinge and then switched to messaging on WhatsApp Mm. no no FaceTime or Zoom calls do you think maybe you would do that again next time like would you try and just to get because you get a bit of a sense for someone when you're on a video call, don't you? I don't know would I be too awkward to do that. Would I just be laughing hysterically in my bedroom? Yeah, it is quite a weird setup, isn't it? It feels quite forced. Yeah, like even work calls can feel quite... Yeah, um, yeah so I don't know. So Sally, that was obviously a bit of an unfortunate situation uh, with Lucy's social distancing date. What would you advise to people in a similar situation when you're on a date with someone, you're clearly conscious of abiding by the rules and the other person tries to break them? What do you do? I would hang my face mask around underneath my, you know, around my neck, like keep reminding people that I'm alert, I'm on it. We are so naturally inclined when we're attracted to people to want to be closer to them and want to lean in. A bit like with normal people, why didn't they just speak their truth to each other? You just got to keep saying your truth. And if someone can't accept your truth, then why would you want to go any further with them anyway? They're not listening to you. So do you think it's better if, if this guy, for example, just said to her, I really, I really want to kiss you? Obviously, you know, they still shouldn't kiss, but maybe just expressing the intent is, is a nice alternative, I suppose. Well, on American campuses, when they were really hot on consent, everything you did every step towards seduction or towards sexual involvement was is it okay if i undo your top button now is it okay if i lean in and kiss you is it okay if i undo this or if i go in here um that stuff we should be doing anyway isn't it consent also we've got the situation where um i mean the risks are so much greater lots of people got involved with situations that they weren't very comfortable with and a lot of the idea underpinning not being comfortable was the fact actually they didn't really want to do this stuff. Mm. So everyone's opportunity to say, you know what, I'm not comfortable with this. Right, next up we've got Ellie. So you went on a social distancing date with someone you met on an app, is that right? Yeah, I went on Hinge and, well I've had Hinge for quite a while and yeah, just decided to download it whilst we're in lockdown because it seems like the good way to waste time. Yep, definitely. And um, how long were you guys chatting on Hinge before you decided to meet up? It was pretty, it was quite short, to be honest. And I, I like 
insisted that we met up rather than have a really long chat about probably nothing like with a stranger so I just mm. thought I'd cut to the chase and ask him out and how soon yeah. was that was that a few days after you started chatting yeah I mean there was like probably about four messages before I asked him <laughs> bold I like it I mean why waste any time there's that's a very good point you know you don't really get a sense for someone unless you meet them and did you guys speak virtually before you met like on FaceTime or anything like that no but I did like I was curious as to what he sounded like I don't know why but like mm. like it's just interesting to hear someone's voice so I um I sent him a voice note before we met and then he sent one back and that's probably as far as it went oh that's clever though I like that sending a voice note because it's kind of less intense uh than video chatting with someone because you can actually just yeah hear their voice and hear their register that's interesting right so how did the date actually go where did you guys go um, well, my phone, like, I didn't have a phone at that point, so he had to come to my area, and mm-hmm. he, uh, he, like, cycled past me, and I, I recognised him, so I waved him down, and he nearly fell off his bike, and then he, like, got off his bike, <laughs> and started walking up towards me, I was like, oh, hello, and it was just quite strange how you couldn't really hug, or that yeah. just made it awkward, so that was the first bit, and then we were sort of walking up past my house, and he was saying, oh, so what, we, what are we going to do then? And I was like, um, well, uh, I've got a ball in the house. And I just like frantically ran into the house, grabbed the ball, <laughs> standing out there like, what's she doing? And then, yeah, continued to walk um, to the park, which we didn't actually play any ball. So there's quite a weird... <laughs> what was it? Was it a football or a tennis ball? It was a tennis ball. A tennis ball. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and so did you guys stay two metres away from one another the entire time? Yeah, he was, it, it was strange because we, we weren't actually walking, I would say, at two metres distance. And then mm. when we sat down, he made sure that there was like a big gap between us, which was still quite strange. Yeah. And did you guys get on well? What, did, you, did you feel any kind of connection with him at all? Or was it just a bit awkward and stale? It was more of just like connecting with another human outside of my house. That was, that was nice. It was right. not like he was anything special, I don't think. But mm. um, yeah, it was just nice to be with a stranger. I've actually really missed strangers. So in that <laughs> sense, it was really how long, how long were you guys together for on the date? Uh, actually, quite a long time. We were sat there for two hours. And um, nice. I'm quite used to going on dates in like pubs or bars. So mm. I felt the need uh to bring some beers oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very satisfying feeling just opening a beer and just having the scent like some sort of normality the difficulty uh, is though it's like where do you go to the toilet then because surely you're on a time limit in terms of how long you spend out in the park did you ever have to run back to the house for a wee or something yeah see that that actually did happen and that's sort of when I <laughs> it was but it was quite good because at, at that point I was kind of tired of just talking <laughs> right so you're like I need a wee and also let's just call it a day yeah yeah, okay. yeah. that makes sense and are you guys going to see each other again have you spoken since the date yeah it's not actually we haven't really had like conversations it's more again than just about meeting up so that's kind of like staggered it and made me sort of just not really be too bothered about meeting up with him again because it's an an investment and now you can see your friends in the park and stuff as well it's kind of I don't know yeah Yeah. there obviously wasn't that much of a flair so Sally what did you make of Ellie's story there it's interesting when she had the option to see this guy virtually as opposed to just listening to him that she didn't ask for that option 
because on blind dates, most people make the opinion about whether they want to go forward with someone within the, within the first 125th of a second. It's the speed of a camera shutter. You know, we decide, we look at someone and we decide, can, and I, am I interested in this person? Do I wow, it's that fast, really? 25th of a second. So God. I can see why you, people don't want to get involved with long, rambling discussions online, especially before we had the option on, of video. Women spent weeks emailing, you know, backwards and forwards and falling in love with their fantasy of a person. And then they turn up and you think, oh, God, it's cringeworthy. I couldn't even touch him with a barge pole. So there's not a lot of point going forward unless you fancy them. So it's very odd that Ellie wanted to just work completely on her intuition. And she, probably it sounds like she didn't fancy him. He mm. was okay, perfectly pleasant, but she didn't feel that spark. She might have known that from seeing him on video. Do you think there's a better way of going on a socially distancing date as opposed to just going to the park? Because I'm now really conscious of the peeing thing. I just feel like that it limits you, doesn't it? In, in terms of location and in terms of how much time you can spend together. I mean, I have a bladder, you know, very small. So I need to pee like every half an hour, which is probably too much information. But I'm just thinking like, what would you suggest in terms of other places you could go for a socially distancing date? I don't know anywhere that's got regular loos. <laughs> is, um, well, the interesting thing about dating in a social situation is you get to see how someone behaves. If you go to a restaurant or a cafe with someone and they start clicking their fingers at waiters and mm. or being aggressive with people's chairs are too close to them or, you know, just kind of like arsy in the, in the environment, you think it's a warning sign. You think, wow, they're not really very socialized or they're not really very, they're not really very kind. And, and you can't have any of that now because you never see them interacting with other people. I had blind dates where men turned up and behaved really badly in restaurants and I and mm. Wow, I'm so glad I know that now. I think we should be having a bit more of a structured approach, you know, finding out what they're, what they're more about, who they are as people. The mm. whole idea of judging your life partner on 125th of a second isn't the greatest way of doing it, but it's enough to carry us through for the first two years often when the pheromones run out. We're attracted to how people look and we're attracted to how they smell. And that lasts two years and then we become immune to their pheromones. And that's a bit like getting immune and you can't smell whether you've got your own perfume on anymore later in the day, you know. So within that two year span, we get to know whether we like them and care about them and if they're good people for us. So you need to do that kind of stuff online a bit. Thank you, Sally. Now, coming up after the break, we have got another story from someone who went on a social distancing date in a cemetery, which doesn't seem like the most romantic of date spots, but uh, we'll hear how it went in a minute. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So now we've got Georgie. So Georgie, one of the first things you told me about your social distancing day was that you didn't actually bring any alcohol. Why didn't you bring any drinks? Because all the other people we've spoken to did. Yeah, I don't know why. That was <laughs> that was a huge deal. Um, I don't know. I think we just thought, oh, well, let's just meet up for a walk because that's a normal thing to do. Um, I hadn't. I sort of begrudgingly re-downloaded Hinge at the beginning of lockdown, maybe like three weeks in. Um, because I just, it just felt a bit barren and bleak, didn't it? Kind of going into three months without any options or just with everything on hold. So I kind of also hadn't been on, a, on an online date for about a year. So I was, I was kind of like, I'm going to get back in the game. I'm going to be open. And um, yeah, we decided to just go for a walk. I don't know why booze wasn't involved, but that was a, a big mistake. Because I think normally on a date, it loosens things up, doesn't it, a bit? But this was just, yeah... And hard. how long were you guys how long were you guys talking before you decided to go on the date? So we were talking for about two weeks. Um like good like quite good banter on text. We didn't do any FaceTime calls, which probably would have been a better way of figuring out that maybe it was a no before <laughs> meeting in real life I don't know that's really interesting because I think actually everyone we've spoken to so far also didn't do any facetiming or virtual like dating before they met up um and those dates also didn't go very well uh, but anyway do you want to start off by telling us what what you guys did and why it, it didn't go so well yeah so um, we've had, yeah, we've been chatting, we met up, I bumped into two friends who'd cycled past me on the way, so I was already late, because I hadn't seen anyone for weeks, and I really wanted to catch up with my friends, so I ended up being about 10 minutes late, and it was quite a hot day, so I was a bit kind of hot and bothered, <laughs> anyway, turning up to the date, and then being late, um, and within the first couple of minutes, I, he was just, he was quite an awkward person, which I wasn't expecting. I was, after the texting, I was expecting him to be quite chatty and, and easy to chat to. I think because I um, was feeling awkward myself, I was trying to kind of go in with a bit of banter to, to sort of warm him up. So within the first two minutes of meeting each other, <laughs> I said to him, I was like, so how are you, you know, what you've been doing today? He was like, oh, I just did some shopping. For some reason, I then said, online, I was like, oh, online shopping, wow. And he just looked at me weirdly and was like, no, I just went to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that. Yeah, cool. Then I said to him, cool, like anything, anything else? So, you know, good morning. And he was like, yeah, I wrote down my dream, actually. So then I said, oh, cool. Was it like, was it a good dream? <laughs> he said, no, nah, not really. Then I asked him, oh, okay, so like, are you going to do some dream book stuff? And he, and he was like, what's that? And then I think I said, 
Oh, I mean, you could just Google it because I was just really flustered and overcompensating massively for conversation. <laughs> That's so funny. You could just Google it. Wait, so he didn't tell you what the dream involved? No, he, didn't, bad. he didn't tell me what the dream was. So then I was like, oh, well, yeah, it's just where you interpret your dreams. And then there was this lingering silence. And in my head, I was like, God, I had such a messed up dream this week. But I said it out loud. And then he asked me what the dream was. And basically, I can't go into like full detail, but it involved a member of my family and a live stream. And it was like very weird. So I told him this dream, which just got us off on the wrong foot entirely. And then we carried on walking. And then we got from Myland Cemetery, Myland Park, through the park into the cemetery, which is like really, really beautiful. Um, it was just quite awkward talking to him about stuff because he wasn't really that like into into what he I, th I think he probably struggled a little bit with talking about what he was up to and what he what he did and like he just wasn't he was just very like mediocre about everything he wasn't really like that passionate about what he was doing or so and is, uh, is that completely different to how he was on chat because it sounds like he was quite confident in the conversation yeah, before. I think so and maybe he just felt ambushed by me um I don't know <laughs> And there was like a 15 minute monologue in the cemetery of um, about bluebells. And I suddenly was like, oh my God, bluebells. <laughs> were bluebells, um, do, like, were bluebe do bluebells turn white? And then I was like Googling, I just felt so awkward. And then I realized, no, they're just snowdrops. Like they're totally different things. <laughs> and then we talked about a bit about like, well, just tried to just make small talk, but realized we didn't really have that much common ground. And then there was this moment where he needed the toilet in the cemetery. And I this is something that keeps coming up, you know, because, and this is something I'm particularly concerned with for people, because it's like when you're out and about in a park or on a walk or whatever, you're on limited time, particularly if you're drinking until you need to pee. Mm. <laughs> so, so what did he do? So he went for a week, like, We'd only had a bottle of water each. <laughs> we hadn't even had a drink. Um, but he was like, oh, yeah, I need to go to the loo. And I was like, okay, cool. But also, I, d I, don't, I don't know how I felt about that. It was just quite, it, was, it made the already awkward date even more well, Because then he went to find a tree. And I was, I was like, I mean, we're in a graveyard. Obviously, I'd much rather that than him wet himself on the date, which would not be preferable. <laughs> so he went, he found a tree in the graveyard to pee by. Yeah, is that weird? I think that's a bit weird. I don't think that's very hygienic. I don't think it's very, <laughs> I don't think it's very uh, uh, friendly in terms of reducing the spread. Um, so that's so that not was, great. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty awkward. And then the, the hilarious thing at the end of it, because you can't embrace, you can't, it's, you know, you, you're not able to even, I think, had it been someone that we'd both caught a vibe and fancied each other, I think it would have been very different. I don't think he fancied me and I didn't fancy him. And so at the end we had, you know, I then walked completely back in the wrong direction because I just couldn't gain control of the situation to try and end the date. And we were together for about an hour and a half and it was excruciating. Wait, so what, you said goodbye and then you just walked well, off? Like, and... Yeah, like walked back towards Myland Park, which is the right. wrong, wrong direction from my house. Um, <laughs> said, and then I just seized, I just kind of had to seize control. And I was like, right, so you, you go that way, don't you? And I, yeah, I'll go this way. So 
um, <laughs> what are you up to the rest of the day? He was like, uh, like kind of again, just like nothing much. And then we just went, okay, bye. Oh and God. Off, and neither of us texted after. Right, Sally, that's probably the most awkward story we've heard so far. Uh, is there any way to recover from that kind of awkwardness on a date, particularly the post peeing in the graveyard bit? What, what do you do in that situation? I find it completely lovable how people will put themselves through this awkwardness. And I mean, it, it chips away at everyone's self-confidence. We don't have his side of the date, but you know, Georgia, it's a sobering moment to have gone through that for an hour and a half. And can we have it kind of tattooed on somewhere visible that texting does not e texting good banter does not equal personality? Yeah, I think that's clear. That's a, a lesson that we can definitely take away from all of these stories. You know, when I was online dating, I would be texting guys for like two weeks and you're getting on so well and you're kind of like bouncing off one another and the banter's flowing. But then you meet in real life and they're just a completely different person. They peaked early. That was them. That was them peaking. And it's time to, yeah. So it's back to Love Island when they say, well, I'm just looking for a bloke with good banter. Like, why? What is it about banter? It's so superficial. Um, and again, no more FaceTime. So Georgie didn't fancy her guy either. So she could have saved herself an hour and a half. Mm. And she was late for the date because she bumped into friends. So it seems that two of our women now have said that, you know, they went on dates because they were desperate to be with a stranger or someone different and how much they were missing their friends. So I think we've got to be really clear about, you know, what we want because people's, uh, people's expectation of online dating now is so meh. People are putting up with, if it's got a pulse, I'll meet it. Okay, uh, next up, we've got Molly. So Molly, you're one of the few people I've heard from that has actually had a good experience on a social distancing date. So why don't you start by telling us what happened? Cool, a good experience, I'm glad to hear. So um, for me, I met this boy on Hinge the week before this whole lockdown period. So I had the pleasure of meeting him before. Um, and then obviously I came back home to my parents' house and kind of reverted back to a lot more, almost like my 16-year-old state in my childhood bedroom, texting this boy every night, being very excited, and um, FaceTiming him, thing. So in my head, I had like two and a half months to like build up um, this kind of thought in terms of when I was going to see him. Um, and obviously last week when Boris lifted the restrictions, we were like, perfect, perfect, let's meet. So um, we went to a park um, near where I live in London, and yeah he bought a picnic blanket and we just sat in this picnic blanket very respectable two meter distance apart um and yeah we just sat there and chatted for seven hours which was amazing it was literally like a facetime in person obviously you couldn't touch anyone which i am quite a tactile person so um not being able to kind of like actually feel someone and like touch them was a bit a bit different for me and different from any other day i've been on before because um, I feel as though you're almost like conditioned to believe or especially me in the sense that when someone's not all over you they're not ultimately interested in you and I think mm -hmm. it's a really top line like a really silly thing to believe but like um, I think that's kind of how I was that's definitely something I took away from it but 
actually that's such a good point isn't it because it's yeah. like physical contact is is almost a, it's a way of flirting isn't it if it's, it's just a validation oh. piece as well yeah gently brushing yeah. against someone as well and if you get tingles and it's like oh maybe, they, maybe they like me too uh, I have to ask how on earth did you spend seven hours together did you not need the toilet well, he went to the toilet three times, but I couldn't go to the toilet because we were in a park. Right. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was very desperate for the toilet, but luckily it was very close to my flat. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. So what did you guys talk about? Did you talk about how you've been finding lockdown or did you kind of go into other subjects? So there were so many, like, I can talk for England, firstly. Um, <laughs> so there were so many different things we spoke about. So a nice thing that I did is I'm really into food I love food so so we had a picnic um so what I thought I'd do is go to my favorite little snack shop which is still open thank goodness and bought loads and loads of little snacks to kind of have a little bit of a conversation about them um because I was worried like obviously I've been chatting to him for so long via text and I don't like I am not normally a texter it's not normally my thing so like I wanted to make sure that we still had something to talk about in real life so I was like if worse comes to worse I'll talk about these snacks um so I bought like <laughs> 10, 10 different snacks from savory to sweet all the best ones um and we kind of spoke about it for a while and we spoke about family lockdown um kind of loads and loads of different things like past etc it was really lovely um it didn't feel like seven hours I must say when I left I was like oh my gosh it's eight o'clock like it flew by um it's a really good sign was there was there any point where you thought okay if we were allowed to touch each other at this point this is when we would kiss yeah like I definitely and I I'm quite like I like eye contact but I could not give him the full eye contact because I was like okay whoops otherwise it's just a it's a bit difficult but um yeah there were definitely some of those moments Mm. and so how did you leave it when you said goodbye so we actually see each other on Sunday which is really cool we're going to a different park um and yeah it was like it was a bit of a weird goodbye as well because I suppose when you're normally on dates you just like kiss someone or whatever just to like get that validation that they like you and they're still into you um but it was almost like talking as to when we'll see each other again um and yeah it was it was really lovely and have you been texting regularly since the day yeah texting I hate it but yes we have been texting um and just chatting like not loads because I like rather just save stuff to talk about him in real life um like normally but yeah we've been chatting a bit and had you guys spoken uh before you met up on the date had you done like phone calls or video calls yeah so we did like a video like like maybe once or twice a week for maybe like an hour and a half or something it was really nice um but I think they were the hardest thing for me in the sense that like what do you say to someone who you don't really know when you're chatting to them for so long and you're trying to like get to know them but there's no prompts around you to like help get to like know them in that sense yeah that's the thing that we've been we've been talking about and from other with other people is there's not really much to talk about because no. it's like every day is the same it's not like Literally. you're going out and doing things and then you have you have stories to share it's just like well today I uh, got up I, uh, I worked or I just kind of sat in my living room all day and then and then I went to sleep and I had exactly. dinner and that was it <laughs> But I do feel like that um, you do almost have, when you, when, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, in the sense that, um, like, when you do find something else to talk about, you get to know them on a much deeper level, 
because mm. I've um, been single for like two years now and I've been on my fair share of dates um, and London dating is just very flippant, very like spontaneous, you know, very almost superficial, um, mm. going to all these fancy bars and just chatting very like things that don't really matter. Um, whereas when you do find something to talk about, it becomes much deeper because there's, you, you kind of, you kind of been given that space to chat. Sally, it was lovely to hear a nice story for once, actually. <laughs> and re really interesting about why it was such a good story, because Molly just ran through for us the masterclass of online dating and, and meeting someone for a distant, you know, keeping social distance date. Uh, what was it that she did that you think uh, people should follow Eight, by example? Two and a half months of courtship. I mean, I, okay, she met him before lockdown, so she knew that she was interested in him. Mm. which we can do online because we can get to see them. So it's almost like, um, you know, not getting to see someone online is just admitting to your own vulnerability about being seen. But I mean, that's less than being seen in real life and then rejected. So Molly had two and a half months of, of being in contact with this person and building a bedrock of, of shared interest and empathy and all, and they liked each other. And then for him to bring a picnic blanket and hopefully some booze, and for her to put some effort into bringing snacks, you know, really interesting snacks and, and thinking about how they're going to communicate in real life. It's very thoughtful. She'd be a great date. Yeah, I love the snack idea. I think that's really good. Also just quite good to have something just as a backup in case, you know, you do run out of things to talk about. It's like, well, right, well, let's just talk about all these great snacks. <laughs> I know it seems like a really inane thing to discuss, but I imagine, you know, if it's something that's really personal to her and, you know, maybe there's a story behind each of the snacks, it gives you something to talk about and something to bond over, I suppose. And food is always a good mutual interest to really start with, I suppose, isn't it? I thought she was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> boy. Yeah, I think it sounds like they had a really good date. Uh, finally, Sally, I want to ask you a few, a few more tips to people listening who are thinking about going on a social distancing date. Uh, so I'm guessing number one, have a video chat with them beforehand, right? I, I think so. Essential because of how, how superficial we are and how visually led we are. We need to, we need to see the other person. Yeah. Mm. And, and what other tips would you give to someone to do in the run up? in the run-up to a social distancing date? Do you think it's worth asking them, you know, where, like we said before, where, where have you been? And, you know, have you been abiding by the rules just to check? And it, it, yes, and where have you been? But it makes me wonder whether doctors and nurses, frontline workers are actually getting into new relationships or they're being avoided. So, I mean, there'll be people who'll be attracted to, you know, copping off with a hero. And those that will be thinking, oh, my goodness, they're a medical person. I'm not going anywhere near them. So that's going to be an interesting conundrum for some people. Yeah, I suppose frontline workers have a completely different issue on their hands, don't they? Do. For pe pe people who aren't dating key workers, because, I mean, let's, let's imagine key workers don't have much time to date. You know, the people who have time to date are the ones who maybe have been furloughed or maybe have, you know, jobs that don't mean they have to work into the evening. What, what would you advise to them? Is it worth asking those questions first? I think it's worth asking those questions. Again, what you're doing is you're not allowing yourself to be caught out later in the process when you may be more committed or more disappointed if things don't go to plan. Um, but just because it's social distance dating and just because this is happening during COVID doesn't mean to say that you should lower your bar. If you're missing your mates and that's what's driving you towards dating, then that's not the best way to begin dating. So, you know, 
really calibrate where you're at, what you need. And if you say, if it's, oh, I need romance and I need to spend time with strangers, then go for it. But if it's, I'm actually really missing my friends, put your time and limited energy and all the rest of it into meeting your mates and doing that. Mm. Don't get distracted. Dating isn't about being distracted from real life. Dating is about bringing something new into your life. And maybe you're not in that right headspace. People are feeling really very vulnerable. But Molly's idea about taking time, using this opportunity to really, really go deep with people and recognizing the difference between how superficial dating can be compared to how it has to go slower now, ideally go slower. Make the most of that. This is a gift. Hopefully this is a short period of time. We've all had enough. We want it over. But we want it over safely. Um, and during this unique time, we can go deeper and we can go slower. Madonna said, don't, you don't shag someone till the fourth date. Well, maybe now it's like the 14th date when you really know where they've been and what they're at and, and that they're worth it. They're worth taking your clothes off for. Did Madonna really say that? Yes, she did. Wow. She did. Fourth, Interesting. Fourth date. Four date rule. Yeah, well, now it is. You're right. It's going to be like a 14 date rule. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can hear more of these stories and find out exactly how coronavirus is affecting relationships around the world by listening to some of our older episodes, including our listener phone-in, for which I was joined by the wonderful Charlie Cox. If you have an interesting story to share about how coronavirus is affecting your relationship, or maybe you're single and have started speaking to hinge dates over Zoom, or you're planning on meeting one on a social distancing date, please get in touch. I'm also writing about a lot of these stories over on the lifestyle section of The Independent for my new series called Millennial Love in the Time of Corona. So please keep an eye out for those. You can contact me via the Millennial Love Instagram page. Just slide into my DMs. If you're a new listener to the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or anywhere else. You can comment and leave us a rating too so that more people can find us. Keep up to date with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.